Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne, and you're listening to Inside Exec. Today, we're going to talk about dreams and inspiration. And we're going to share with you the dreams and the goals that inspired us on our journey through our careers. I remember when I was very, very young, I always was very hungry and fascinated by travel and meeting people. I guess that's because I grew up in a city which was totally dependent on tourism and the fact that my father was in tourism as well. That was something that was huge back then, like travel, our circumstances, and that it seemed like a dream that would never, ever take shape. I still was very attracted to travel. And one day, as you all will recall, or some of you would recall, in the 60s, man landed on the moon. And there's Neil Armstrong, and he's on the moon. And I suddenly thought, this is massive. This is like something nobody could have ever, ever thought of. And now it's happened. So if this major thing can happen, my little dream is possible. So that's how it all started. What Fuliana has carefully neglected to tell you is the part of the story where she used to get into trouble for talking to all of these visitors who would stay with the aunties at Easter and Christmas and and asking them 10,000 questions about who they were and where they lived and what it was like. And for those of you who know Fuliana, you'll know that that hasn't really changed. (laughs) Yes, I see that as being super inquisitive and hungry to learn. Hungry to learn, hungry to learn, that's it. Those sorts of inspirations are the things that happen early in our life and I guess we don't at that time recognise them. We don't see them as inspiring or as goals that we want to achieve. It's just something that fills us with passion, fills us with enthusiasm. So perhaps as we get older, we start to not recognise the signals that provide us with that same sort of enthusiasm and passion and we don't recognise that that feeling is associated with us maybe unconsciously or subconsciously seeking a goal or being inspired by something. When I look back on my early years as well as my um, working life, there would have to be instances every year of things that have inspired me, things that have filled me with a desire to be able to achieve at a particular level. And sometimes it's just straight recognition. I want to win this medal, this ribbon, this prize. I want to be the best. I want to be top of the class. And and it's all about self-gratification. But I, I think that we also find inspiration in other people achieving And certainly that's the case for me at the moment. I've got a couple that I have mentored for some considerable time now. And I have seen them them completely change their lifestyle around so that they have become world-class athletes, certainly with the potential to compete at a world championships in their chosen sport. And that, in fact, he of the couple has now qualified three times for the world championships. And I think he's actually going to make sure that every race that he competes in is a qualifier for him so that he can go to the World Championships knowing that he's absolutely qualified to compete at that level. But the sense of achievement that I feel is obviously not to the same degree that they do, but I am inspired and I am thrilled for them and I do feel pleasure in the achievements that both of them have found by pursuing goals that we identified for them 
very early in their training. And yes, I used the goals word, but the, <laughs> the goals that we set for them were very specific and they've been able to attain those. And they, in turn, are inspired by other athletes and by other people, not, not just athletes in their chosen field and certainly not only athletes from whom they would find inspiration. My inspiration in the work sense, in the corporate sense, I sort of always knew I wanted to work in an office type of environment as distinct from um, a trade or anything like that. Oh, you could have been a chef. (laughs) Just wouldn't have been a profitable business. (laughs) No, eat all the profit, that would be me. But when I started work, I, I really didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. I didn't know where I wanted to end up. But I have been exceptionally fortunate in that other people could see things that I could do that I really, truly couldn't see in myself. And in some cases, they forced me to go into positions. And I remember the first time somebody got me out of my first job and into the second one had said to me, this is not about you. You grow up and you listen to me. We need you in that role. We need you because you can do it. So get up there and do it. Now that at the time was just the way (laughs) leadership worked. But was I the lucky one to have received that? Because after I did it, I realized that There were some skills there that I didn't think I had. Fortunately, again, I did well at that job. And it went from there. And my career has been changing all the time, which is really good because I really, really hate labels. I hate somebody. I very much respect specialisation, don't get me wrong. But I hate somebody to say a label, well, you're good at this and you can only do this. As I said, I've been very, very fortunate that people helped me that way. And now I try to help other people to say, what is the harm in trying? If you think that you've done a great job in where you are now and you have a passion and you have a desire to do well at another role, give it a go. Start off small if you like, but start off by working on a project in that area. Start off by having a secondment to that area. Give it a go and then decide. Don't sabotage yourself by saying, I can't and I want and no, I'm not good enough because somebody else is better than me. I learned that the hard way and I most certainly advise people to help each other but also to give themselves a fair go. So in that situation, does it then mean that you are inspired by the confidence that others have in you to do this task that you you hadn't considered? And because you are inspired by this confidence from other people, you then set yourself goals that you want to achieve to repay them for the confidence that they have found in you. Very much so. And I don't know if I did it consciously, to be honest. Mm. I think Mm. I did it because it's the way it felt right at the time. I also remember much later in my career in a senior role when, again, it happened again and I almost did it again. So I said, well, no, 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 I I couldn't possibly do that job, um, you know, as well as I would like to and as well as you think I can. Then my boss at the time said, well, I know that you will do a good job and go give it a go. And I said to him on one condition that if I find that I'm not happy with my performance, even if you are, I'm going to pull out. And then he says, well, 
that's ridiculous because I think we both know that if I was, it would be based on fact and on performance uh, outcomes. So, but if that makes you feel any better, go for it. So I felt a bit stupid hadn't said it, but I went and did it. And based on facts and measurements, you know, KPIs and all the rest of it, I was happy that, yes, I stretched myself. I've learned more, I gave more, and I moved on to something bigger. Even within that period of time where you were unsure of, of the extent of your capabilities, you still set yourself goals. Definitely. So there was still something measurable within it. The, the goals were always based on exactly what I'm doing then, but where is that going to take me? And the goals included how am I going to grow, which meant in some cases I decided I want to go and get another degree or another certificate or go to a certain conference. I built that in because that gave me more confidence in that I have the backing as well as the experience, the hands-on. So we can see that you can be inspired to identify goals that you want to achieve if we take that out of the equation and you just look at goals do goals have to be inspiring goals can be inspiring like my goal to travel that's a goal and it's a big one and it's exciting and all the rest of it but a goal can be small for me to get to travel I need to save X number of dollars and in the early part of my career when you're sort of buying a house and all that sort of thing, that was a huge goal. You have to find ways. So you set a goal and that goal will inspire you to find how to satisfy the goal. So if you say, I need more money, so what, what would you do? Would you do another role? Would you do a different role? Would you do two jobs? Whatever it is mm -hmm. um, to save that extra dollars. So you'll find a way. So, so that you think that they're always interlinked, that they always have to be a goal, always have to, has to have some degree of inspiration. Inspiration most of the time, but <laughs> evil necessity other times. So which one is easier? Which one is more sustainable, I suppose, is the better question? Well, they both the, are because you've got to get to where you want to go, which is the end point, if you like, and they both get you there so you know that I have to do that because I will then be happy because I do what I said I want to do, which is, in this case, travel or whatever. So if you're faced with hard, mundane, routine activities that lead you to a goal that, that is, has been identified that needs to be achieved... How do you make it inspirational? I guess the first thing you do is how does it help? What does it contribute towards? In other words, even on the day-to-day -day basis when you're doing a job and you think this is really, really boring, but what you What's do... What's the point? <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't help this. me. It doesn't help me personally, but it's actually going to make my staff happy, my clients happy. It's going to make life easier whatever it is. So it's boring, it's tedious, but it has a purpose. And if you can't find a purpose, if it doesn't help anyone or anything, then you've got a question about why is it a goal? Why is it being done? Yeah. So if we look at what inspires us as a, as, and keep it completely separate from goals, should there be things that are inspiring us every day? Or are they? Or is it a long? Is inspiration a long-term activity? It's both, and it's in between as well. So it depends on what it is. So you say, oh, by next week, let, let's say you you're inspired 
to lose weight and then you'll say okay my inspiration is to lose weight by next week my goal is to achieve this and so it can be incremental towards the big so so inspiration is not necessarily the light globe going off no inspiration might be just what keeps you going to to achieve the goals yes the added uh, incentive to keep working at something that might otherwise not be achievable inspiration is also not necessarily always planned for example, you come across an ex- an, a person and a behaviour by a person, you think, wow, this person has got whatever the circumstances in whatever corner of the world, and they manage to achieve this. And I think that's so inspirational. It makes you put things in perspective. It makes you redefine your targets, your goals, whatever you want to call them, and you learn from that. Well, I think the, looking at the broader picture, I think, is, is perhaps more where I'm more comfortable thinking about inspiration. I like to think that inspiration comes from without. So broader mm. than me, broader than my immediate environment, broader than my work environment, that inspiration comes essentially from elsewhere. Mm. And that in being exposed to something else that I find outstanding or impressive, my reaction to that is inspiration to do better at what I'm doing, not for any perceived goal, but just because it it adds a a dimension of excitement about living that Mm. might not otherwise be there. Yes, I mean, you see that inspiration also comes from not just success, but it's in, like, at work, you come across many, many people of different stages of their career, different age groups, different gender, and I, I get inspiration from multiples of those because it's the way they may have set a, a handle, the setback. It's a, it might be a way how they actually didn't let things get to them and got on with things. It's a way of how, and they may not be the top of their company, Mm. but it's the way they conduct themselves. And sometimes it's just that consistency of being true to your, sorry, but I have to say it, values. (laughs) And um, You're allowed allowed to use one word from the blacklist in every podcast. Oh, good. (laughs) I'll just allow myself ten. And and basically... It's so inspirational. (laughs) It, it is really good. I mean, I learned a lot from graduates that came to the organisation, the way they view the world, the way they wanted to do things, the way they responded to things, the way they hung it to things. I learned a lot from middle management. I learned a lot from top managers. I learned a lot from everybody around me who inspires me in a different way only because of a particular thing they did or a particular way they behaved. And to me, I think... Oh, I hope when I'm in that situation, I will be as good as that. So in an organisational sense then, are we as managers responsible for providing inspiration or should our teams be looking personally for inspiration? I think it's both. I don't think anybody has a monopoly on the inspiration. Inspiration, as I just said, is not a top-down and it's not a bottom-up. I think that... It is, it, it is a bit like when you talk about success sharing. A group or a mm, team had mm. done something really, really well and they share that and the new techniques they learn. So a sales team might have used a method or a way or something that helped um, their customers and increased um, productivity and sales. And so you share that and then you share it with other countries and other countries will say, well, you know, it actually doesn't work here, but 
elements of it might, and mm. we'll adapt it. So that is inspirational and, it's and practical. Interesting too that my next question was going to be about should we share what inspires us when we're in an organisation? And in thinking about the question, I then remembered that there are quite a number of websites that just provide daily inspirational quotes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and and really they're more about motivation. I don't yeah. think they're about inspiration. Oh, some are motivational. And, um, most of them are, you're right. But uh, inspirational in a, in a way that it says if it's a topic you never really thought about. So, but so then what is the difference in organisational terms about motivation and inspiration? They're interrelated. They're interrelated in a way that you're inspired by something so you're motivated then to go and do something and your goals. similar. Three in the one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> to, to do something similar or to do better than. It's not an either or or better or worse. No, they, I just yeah. think it's interesting that we... We do tend to interchange the terms without necessarily understanding what we mean when we say them. And that could well be confusing. You know, if you've got a team that you're trying to bring around to a more positive outlook, the words that we use need to mean something to them. And so motivation, I just don't think it has the same sort of positive reinforcement as inspiration. Mm-hmm. Motivation to me is about it's almost that you know get up and do something, get motivated. It implies that you're coming from a really negative point and you haven't done anything about a particular situation, whereas inspiration is more about I'm going to overachieve, I'm going to move yeah. beyond what I've been doing. Just an interesting observation, I guess. I hadn't really thought about comparing the two, but that to me that's how they how I would perceive them. And you inspired by somebody like for example you find examples of people changing careers at a time when most people think it's retirement time say in your 70s or something relocating to another country build your own business or whatever that might be and you look at that and you think that's inspirational and then instead of saying motivational I could use the word then it drives you to think well no, I, I don't necessarily want to restart a career, but I want to do this other thing, and mm. that that drives me to yeah. to do it. So well, it's kind of I can certainly relate to that because when I mm. was at the stage of finishing high school, all up until that point, all of my focus, all of the study I'd done, all of my family's expectations were around me pursuing a career in medicine. And I hadn't really thought about it other than that was just what was expected and so that was where I was headed and didn't put much effort into thinking about it, I have to be honest. And I went as an exchange student to Carmel-by-the-Sea in California, which I encourage you all to visit because it hasn't changed in all of those years from the time that I was there when, I have to say, Clint Eastwood was the mayor. (laughs) That was inspirational. (laughs) But I was inspired by this town. I was so inspired by the way the town was laid out and planned and the plans that they had for the town itself and how it was going to be populated over the next X number of years and how it was going to be developed. And having seen it in those ensuing years, I know that all of that plan came to fruition regardless of who was in charge, that it was inspirational for me. And I came back and I didn't apply for medicine. I applied for architecture, which was probably as far away from medicine as you could get (laughs) without having to do engineering, which I didn't consider. (laughs) And I was very happy and comfortable with that choice. And it wasn't until my family 
saw this town that they understood the decision that I'd made. I guess I would say dream as big or as small as you want. Your dreams can come true. There mightn't be a very, very easy path to your dreams, but there are ways to achieve that dream. And I think if you're ever stuck in, oh, this is not going to happen, you look at what other people achieved and what other... Like when you look at somebody saying, um, Martin Luther King, I had a dream. Now, somebody would have said at that time, oh, that's a lovely dream, but is it going to happen? And it did happen. And I really think that you look at those things and you say, all right, then I am going to be determined to follow that and the dream and make it happen. Making it happen will have commitment, continued passion. It makes sure that you put some goals against it and those can be incremental and reach when what you want to do. So don't let anyone stop you dreaming. Don't let anyone stop you believing that you will achieve what you want because it's only you have to convince yourself. And that's really important. That, those last few sentences, when you th- if you think about the difference between Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream, or the alternative that he could have said is, I wish things were this way. Now, there's a very big difference between dreaming and wishing things. Dreaming means that you're going to make a commitment to make it happen. Wishing implies that you're hoping for someone else to help you along this path, and you've really got to rely on yourself to achieve your dreams. So with that very sombre end, we might say that that's it for this time around. I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec.